The Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Wow. We're taking it away. <laughs> taking it away. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So, well, as, as that opening says, you know, the modern perspective, I think that the theme we have tonight can have that. You and I were talking a little bit before the show about that, and I think it's profound and it needs to be discussed. It's not just talking about a goddess and this situation, but... I will ask the pertinent question of the night. What was your week like? Ah, well. Well, Elvira, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, it, hasn't been a, it hasn't been a great week. I'm a little off tonight. Um, I will not go into all of it, but there's just some personal community local drama is the word. Drama mm-hmm. is the word. That, um, yes absolutely does not pertain to me I have nothing to do with and yet I've been dragged into it and I'm finding myself just exhausted by it so mm-hmm. um, you know and it, it's almost Christmas and Yule and Hanukkah started this week and so the holiday season is here and it's a very busy time for me at work and I have all these big projects going on and things I'm rolling out and um, there's a ritual that I organize with Starhawk every year that's happening this weekend, and it just, um, I'm having a hard time feeling excited about the good stuff because I'm kind of distracted by this drama. Ugh. So, you know, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm working on shaking it off and cleansing and taking care of all of that. I got my, I got good people covering my back and feeling okay about all of that. I just, I don't want to be dealing with it. I'm too old for this, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> How are you doing, Elvira? (laughs) Well, the solar turning of the year was that on, how do I put this, December 12th, I turned 66. Woohoo! Yes, and that was also the first night of Hanukkah. And I thought, and it's a Mercury retrograde, which I was born on. So I'm sitting there having this really great epiphany that, you know, technically I was born on the East Coast, so my timing was actually at sundown and the actual beginning of Hanukkah. And so I was really kind of like, wow, how, how awesome is this, you know? Yeah. And, um, but it was personal because mm. for the most part there were wonderful well wishes throughout, you know, my family and friends and Facebook friends and all, and yet there felt like there was like this, you know, face-to-face was a little bit quiet. And mm. I was like, oh, there wasn't as much, you know, like that kind of a thing. My, uh, I, But it sort of 
I guess in a way, because we're all adults now and, and we all have busy lives, it goes from a special day, we make a big point of doing something like we do for our yeah. kid, and to it's all the different days during the week that you have different things going on with friends that it fits into the schedules of everyone. Right. So I kind of, you know, I was a little bit more in my kid on on um, Tuesday, you know, when it didn't happen. But then I kind of pulled out, and then, you know, we went to uh, Wednesday where, where uh, Lucky Mojo celebrated it, and, you know, there was, you know, cake and all. And then my dear friend... Um, Alma and her family uh, made this incredible meal, but a great cake. It was a really, you know, mm. triple leche. It was it was wonderful. It was just great, nice, and awesome. And then yesterday, well, and on my actual birthday, a friend of mine made um, managote, which is my uh, the recipe of my mother. She used um, family friend of forty plus years and. She made that, and we had cannoli. So it, it's kind of like I've had it throughout the week, and it was yeah. nice. But yeah. it was just this little part of the kid me that really wanted this. Other mm. So it wasn't the drama like you or what I, you know, some of the things that are going on in the the uh, the local community, which has touched a lot of people um, yeah. in many many ways. So I, you know, this particular situation. So I was very interested of. You know, like, oh, great, this is, you know, we get over one thing and we go to another. But, uh, <laughs> no, and then yeah. researching this, this, you know, the subject actually brought me back around to the, <laughs> to a little bit more of that. Oh, okay, there's, there's something else to focus on. And, you know, we're, we're obviously, we've got the fires in Southern California still going and they gave us just, you know, I'm, I'm like going, Okay, I'm I'm going to look at the different places because there are a lot of places I've avoided that are routes I take um, to not see the burned areas. And today, my friend and I drove those areas so that I could, you know, both of us could um, mourn. Yeah. And also see, you know, do that that sense of this is the way these things are now and are, you know, how to go forward. And then as soon as that happened, yeah. I get a warning that we're having a two-and-a-half-day warning of high winds and a fire alert. Right, right, right. So, you know, it, it kind of went, oh, up, down, up, down, up, down. But yep. that being said, here we are. Here we are. Yeah, <laughs> which here is we are. actually you are the queen of segues because that is exactly what we're talking about tonight: the up, down, up, down, up, down of fortune. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does, and, and I didn't plan that one. I want you to know that it, you it's just said just that. Brilliant. Like, oh, okay, brilliant. Well, it's just a go. gift. You're just gifted. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I'm like. <laughs> Good. So with that, <laughs> we we go to the goddess Fortuna. Yes, yes. Continuing in our random, not at all organized series of talking about different goddesses, we Truly. tonight we we get to a Roman goddess, which you know I've got my attitude about Romans. No offense, anybody, but um, a Roman goddess. There they are. They do yeah. exist. 
They're not all stolen from other cultures. Oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Did, did you say that? Did you say that? Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. I, but this one, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. This When I hear Fortuna, Goddess Fortuna, you know, obviously I have Italian background, but yes. I keep hearing abundanza, you know, from one of those. <laughs> Doesn't that mean like eat? Isn't it like eat or enjoy? Isn't that no, what that well, means? Um, manja is eat. Manja, oh. manja is eat, but abundanza is abundance. See, and, oh. and like the whole idea is when they're saying this is that, you know, is the abundance of this wonderful spaghetti is what they were I talking about in the commercial. But yeah. it sort of goes with Fortuna because she is about abundance, and there's right. the other side of her too. But we yeah. can go from there. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you said something um, interesting right there, like the other side of her too. But I think what we, I think this is probably um, a modern pagan thing. You know, I don't know that the ancient folks who initially were worshiping Fortuna would have thought about it this way. But we take the word fortuna or, and, and we hear fortune, which we hear as wealth and abundance and prosperity and all the uh-huh. good things. But fortuna uh-huh. wasn't about all the good things. It was just it was about the cycle of, of good and bad and up and down and, um, and that sort of turning of energy, not necessarily good uh-huh. or bad. And one of the things we were talking about before the show started was, um, that is almost like the concept of karma. You know, you'll you'll hear people say, "Oh, that's good karma," or "Oh, that's bad karma." But that's actually not how it works. Karma is just karma. It's not good or bad. It just is. Right. And that's sort right. of what Fortuna is. She's not good. She's not bad. She just is. But because we hear mm-hmm. fortune, we hear good. You know. Mhm. Mhm. And it's been because of. The, the concept of fortune and, you know, making your fortune and, uh, you know, the, the fortunate ones. And, you know, I mean, it's always pushed to the positive of only seeing that and then that becomes the way it becomes understood. And there is, you know, they don't, there's no balance. I don't think there's any, any understanding that it, ju- it has a neutrality. It is not just yeah. one positive way, period. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so... But um, and there she has in in Romans love like even the other cultures is that but Romans really had a thing about putting like Fortuna this and Fortuna yeah. that she had different names and she had different values that they placed yeah. on on the, the minutia of it. So, yeah, and I would say but, you know I I mentioned anytime we talk about deity on this show, anytime I talk about deity. In workshops that I teach, I always have to give this little speech. So if you've heard the speech before, I'm sorry, you're going to have to hear it again. But, you know, we <laughs> we tend to think of the Roman goddess and we think of all of Italy or the Greek goddess or the Celtic goddess. And we think that this this one goddess was worshipped all across this landscape, but the world didn't work that way back then. And so what we we might think of as Fortuna being like this goddess of Italy is is not accurate and so you find especially with the romans um you this is easily seen this is one of the actual really beautiful things about how the romans kept track of things and the greeks did this as well but fortuna has a million different names um Uh you know Uh 
we'll, and we'll probably talk about that later. And each name had a slightly different energy. You know, some of them were about harvest or the fortune of war, the fortune of bringing life or the, you know, all these different specific fortunes. And these were likely regional goddesses. So they all were Fortuna, but each village, each town, each city had a slightly different way of working with her. Uh, Or, you know, you would call on a slightly different version of her energy to work with the thing you were working with. The, The generic Fortuna didn't do all the things. You know, you had to right. really drill down to this specific aspect of her. Don't you love the Romans for taking and making something that probably was as simple as saying, this is what you are, you know, this is what you do, you do all of this section, and going, okay, let us go into micromanaging and go into this little <laughs> one and this little one and this little one. We have them to thank for that, I guess. Yeah, totally. Well, and you know, the Greeks did a similar thing, but more that with the Greeks it was, you know, if using Fortuna as an example, it would have been Fortuna of this place and Fortuna of that place. But uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. You were saying that, and that came to mind. It's like that's where it came from. Everybody had to have a little. It had to go down to like this, like minutiae process. I know right. you didn't think of it that way, but and no. I could understand having a you know like Fortuna of Sicily and. Fortuna mm-hmm. of Madrid or whatever, you know, yeah. where it's like a particular area has its own little Fortuna. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I can get that because we've talked about other goddesses and, and even the, the, the gods that we we picked on as having regional things or, or, or hamlets or little towns or whatever. Yeah. They, they had their specifics for that. And then, of course, they, they kind of then all kind of, push everything into one large lump but um yeah. it's just that yeah. when they start giving them specific things you you know you yeah. are the the goddess of nut and you are the goddess of cherry and you know i don't know yeah yeah well and it's hard for us to comprehend i think because right now the world is so small you you can mm-hmm. talk to anyone in the world on the internet and we can look mm-hmm. up any like I my mind boggles about this all the time any random question I I, we were driving on the freeway and to go to LA I was going to be teaching a workshop in LA and we drove by um, uh, one of the California state park signs and I said to my partner Gwian I said huh I wonder what that sign is all about it was I don't remember now the wording on it but it was it was weird so in the Uh car uh I pull out my phone and I google it and I learn all of this stuff about the the camel regiment of the military that used to be located in Los Angeles. What? Oh like, my goodness. The, <laughs> the information at our fingertips is immense. And where of Fortuna course. was born, that was not the case. So you would you might right. not ever know that uh, you know, Fortuna Belly existed. If you lived in a different part of Rome, you may have only worked with, you know, Fortuna Virilis or whatever, you know? So it's like, right. we can, it's so easy to take all of this information for granted, but the, the uh-huh. origins of this goddess wouldn't have had it so easy there. The information that they were looking at would have been much smaller. Right. Right. And, and very, very, well, again, I mean, as you say, the world has become very small because of the technology that we have, mm-hmm. and you gave a good example. Um, yeah. 
to find the information out. Whereas locally, if somebody lived in the area, they'd have known what that thing was and why right. that you know this was the, the situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which is fascinating if you think about it that way. Because I don't know what the hell my neighbors do. I I don't even remember their names. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for mm-hmm. again, where Fortuna would have been born, you knew everyone's name in your village. So the world of is course. very different. We have to remember that when we're looking at ancient goddesses, especially goddesses whose worship died and is now being resurrected. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at traditions mm-hmm. where the goddess's worship has never ended, it's, it's continued. It's different than these goddesses where there's been a break. You know, it's a little bit different. Right. right. Well, on that note, let's see what we can do about diving forward into Goddess Fortuna and see yeah. what we want to bring forth. So um, why don't you lead forth with some of the the, the, the pertinent names? I think we'll start with that since mm. we've been talking about sure. the diversity of, of her. Well, here's some of the names I found, and I, I, I am not afraid to, to say I believe that this is just a drop in the bucket. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I bet there's a lot more than this. And um, I suck at other languages. If you've listened to the show before, you know that. So I'm going to apologize in advance <laughs> for butchering this Italian. Um, okay. We have Fortuna Anonaria, the goddess who brings luck to the harvest. Fortuna uh-huh. Belli, the fortune of war. Fortuna uh-huh. Primigenia, this is the the fortune of the firstborn child at the moment of birth. That's pretty specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Fortuna, really. right? Fortuna Virilis is manly fortune. However, this goddess was only celebrated by women. Interesting. Yeah, that is. Uh, we have Fortuna Redux, the fortune of coming home safely. Fortuna Respiciens, fortune of the provider. Fortuna Muleburis, the luck of women. Uh, and then we have Fortuna Virilis again, weirdly, but this time it says the fortune of women in marriage. Uh, Fortuna Victrix, the victory in battle. Fortuna Augusta, the fortune of the emperor. Fortuna Balnieris, the fortune of baths. Fortuna Conservatrix, the fortune of the preserver. Fortuna Equestrius, the fortune of knights. Oh man, this one, I'm, I'm going to butcher this so bad. <laughs> Fortuna Husis Dei, Whew. sorry, fortune of the present day. <laughs> okay. Fortune of Sequians, the fortune of indulgence. I rather like that. Oh <laughs> uh, fortune of Pravada, the fortune of the private individual. Fortune of the publica, uh, fortune of the people. Fortune, mm-hmm. Fortuna Romana, the fortune of Rome. Fortuna Virgo, the fortune of the virgin. Fortuna Fatrix, the fortune of life. And Fortuna Barbata, the fortune of adolescents becoming adults. So there you go. Well, I know Just several people that would love that one that have kids that are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Well, and the other, there's a couple of others here. One is, and this is what I found interesting because we, we will get into the, the concept of fortune and destiny and things. But yeah. one was Borna Fortuna and Mala Fortuna, which is mm-hmm. good luck, good fortune, good fate, or bad luck, bad fortune, bad fate. Right. So, you know, they have both of them. They could, you know, determine which one you want. 
and then yeah. Fortuna Regia, which is for the emperor. Now, this is, you know, you have you have Augusta, which becomes Caesar, and then you have the yeah. emperor, which obviously runs in there. And that particular one fascinated me because she was a statue, a little gold statue that stayed with the emperor and mm-hmm. would always face him asleep or awake wherever he was and when he finally was getting ready to die he would make sure the next appointed one would get it yeah because it was about the rulership um the rightful rulership so mm. there you go with some of that so nice. <laughs> pick it all nice. and, and determine what it is but it is you know and again we go back cuz these are roman and then you kind of yeah. have to go even farther back to Etruscan. And Etruscan yeah. was uh, another, it's, you know, like the older Roman group, right. the older people right. before that. And they had, I think, and I'll butcher this one for you, Vortuma. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like Fortuna, and that's how they got Fortuna. But she who turns the year. Nice. So and if I, if, let's see if... Do we have the similar notes about the Etruscan version of Fortuna? I wonder that she, oh. uh, that they believe that her, let's see, the first temple dedicated to Fortuna was attributed uh-huh. to Etruscan Servius Tullius. Hmm. Yes. So th- yes. thanks, Servius Tullius. And the yes. second no temple, there. yeah, the second temple built to Fortuna uh, is believed to have been built in 293 B.C. And what I love about this is that it was a fulfillment of a promise made in the, during the Etruscan Wars. The, the state of Rome made a promise mm-hmm. to the goddess Fortuna that they would build her a temple if they won the war. And there yeah. is, when 293 B.C., they kept their promise. That's freaking awesome. I love yeah. it. Yes, yes. How did we fall out of that that practice? I know. Keeping one's promise. Hmm. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. Not as often as we would appreciate. And, of course, we can even go into the, you know, again, we go farther to the Greeks, and, you know, they put it into, again, Fortuné became a trinity, Mm-hmm. And then because of what we see now in terms of the fates and, you know, destiny and what they had, that was actually, I think, we're going backward, you know, into the thing. But if you take it, that's probably how things started is is my hypothesis, is that it beca- it was from a trinity and they pulled it down to one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, they had the fates and, you know, obviously we wound up with, you know, the Moray, the Nemesis, the Nords, the, you know, I mean, all the different right. ones from the different cultures of the Trinity. Right. The, the Romans kind of decided, well, let's all put it one and put it into Fortuna. So right, right. And what's, what's yeah. interesting about that concept, you know, we're sort of, we're um, dreaming, postulating, making up stories here. It's not like, you know, sure. I'm definitely not an official studier of all of this with a degree or anything, but you know, it's what's interesting is with three goddesses with, with the fates, Mm -hmm. right? What we have is this concept of, of uh, past, present and future. And you see that Mm -hmm. concept 
across the world. That is a, the fates, uh, the Norns, these, these three women who see into the timeline in different ways. And that, and they're, they're not bad. They're not evil. They're not, their, their job is not to bring misfortune to anyone. It's just to watch and see and cut the string when someone's life is supposed to end, right? So it's interesting to, right. to think maybe that was the origin. And, and by taking these three energies, the past, present, future, and trying to put them into one deity, it makes it more difficult to see them as um, unattached to outcome. Right. And I think that yeah. was something we were talking about before the show about um, neither good nor bad fortune, but what is and what you know the it just is a, a situation and where we kind of want to put it is on one side or the other and that was how the romans started to see it is right. you know we we attach it to um the good fortune and the money and then it became you know eventually down the way lady luck and mm-hmm. like the fact they kept it as lady at least um, right in terms of that but it, it it changed. It yeah. went to only one side, and it's really neutral, as you said. Mm-hmm. What's well, interesting, too, you mentioned Lady Luck, right, which is this modern um, concept, this, this lucky energy, and it's also Lady Justice, which is a symbol mm-hmm. that is used in the United States and in other Western countries. This idea of Lady Justice who is veiled and blind and just makes sure things are even and measured without judgment mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that the threads of these goddesses that have um, strived into the modern iconography and, and Lady Justice mm-hmm. and Lady Luck are definitely two that are still called upon interestingly enough mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and one of the statues I mean and it's interesting because you have in Milk and Honey um mm-hmm. The Fortuna, and she has yeah. wings with her cornucopia and the money coins coming out. And I actually have one without the wings and the cornucopia with the coins coming out, but she's blindfolded. Yeah. And it's from that perspective of neither one or the other. And I, you know, I was, and it was funny because when you said, oh, I have the statue, and I went and I looked, and I'm going, it's winged. And then I started doing this research, and the fascinating thing is, <laughs> oh, she can be winged, or she could be, you know, blindfolded. And I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. You know, there we are, the, the yeah. profound symbology of it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, and I, I'm happy that we've chosen this because obviously this time of year, yeah. We are looking at the good things, the the, right. the not just the bounty of harvest, which we've already kind of moved through into some things, but it's you know giving forth the coins of of good fortune and and asking for this and wanting our gifts from Santa and all the rest of those wonderful things and and mythologies and it is a time of that, but it is also as we will discuss in another upcoming episode of Intentions, um, a time of um, seeing what has happened, what we have now, and what we want to do for the future. And that's that trinity of process. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. 
Yeah, and she was often considered an oracular goddess. You know, people would seek out the places where she was worshipped to ask questions, um, to find out, you know, what is my fortune? Where am I going? So I think that's also funny, the two of us that, you know, professional tarot card readers to have this, you know, goddess that was sought out to have the fortune thread. Uh, one of the the things I found was um, at one of the temples. So apparently there is still a temple in Preneste, and it's quite beautiful. And that's where a lot of the oracular um, work was happening around um, uh, Fortuna. And she had a shrine at Antium. So there's, you know, there's there's clear evidence that people would journey to go and have their fortunes read. And one of the ways that divination was done is that there would be different rods made from oak and there were uh-huh. uh, words written on the rods. And so you would go and ask the, the temple priestess what your fortune was. And a, a small boy would go and pick out one of the futures that was already written down. And it makes me think of like, a fortune cookie, you know, like oh, yes. I traveled all the yes. way to this temple. Great goddess Fortuna, please tell me what is my fortune. And a young boy brings you a fortune written on an oak piece of oak. <laughs> it's like, good luck. Here's your fortune. <laughs> Here it is. There you go. Yeah, it's that, and that's true. I mean, it's, and again, the fortune cookie came from the the Asian. I mean, it, it probably was you know more modern. It's like. Americanized or, yeah. or Westernized, yeah. but um, the idea of the process is that we now talk about it in that terms, where you get picked out your fortune. Here is your fortune, darling. Yeah. So, um, but it was also interesting because the magic wheel of time, which is what she um, all she deals with, you know, the wheel, and um, you think. Of, and I'm sorry when I when I started reading this, I'm thinking, oh God, roulette the wheel, the yeah. wheel oh, roulette, yeah. or, you know, cra- uh, the, the, the crab table with the wheel. But they talk about that the Romans had a whole thing here. The odd numbers were sacred to the feminine, and in the, the fact that she had a consort, the, ev- the even numbers were sacred to the consort. And the Romans had all their festivals, on the odd-numbered days because hmm. they were more propitious. Interesting. And then you think about what the games of chance that they started, you know, I don't know when, and I didn't want to go into research of that, but when you started looking at games of chance in terms of um, the roulette wheel or the craps table and what black and white and odd and even and what were good and yeah. what weren't and the dice and all that. And you're thinking, well, that definitely goes back again to this time frame when they were talking about what was, you know, feminine, masculine, what was, you know, propitious, what wasn't. Right. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I was, I was going, wow, that's, that, that definitely, because I know a few people who definitely like to play uh, at the craps game, and actually, my husband <laughs> did run a you know a craps table when he was doing um, when he was in Tahoe and he was working at one of the casinos. So long before me, actually. But um, <laughs> oh, he would start talking about it, and I'd look at him like, "Where did you get that information?" So, <laughs> little bits of pieces of my world, um, but uh, and. 
you know, we, we are going to, I think we're going to go on topic, slightly off topic after we, you know, come back from break. Yeah. But, um, well, I figure we can do a little bit more with, like, some of these other, I really want to talk about St. Augustine because I find that fascinating, and then we can, you know, see what other, mm-hmm. like, we'll throw I don't out know. a few of the the holidays yeah. that they actually have and then, then you know, go on our, our little rant. But um, <laughs> do you want to take a break at this point? Yes, let's break and we'll be back. Let's break. Okay. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned, as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, God, I love that. I always love that. It reminds me of I Dream of Jeannie, and I really like that. Yeah. I'm getting old. Um, so you wanted to talk about St. Augustine. Yes. Well, you know, I always love, um, I love when I find a story or information about different religions or when Christianity attempted to um, convert people and that certain goddesses were difficult to release. And what I read about in some of my research about Fortuna is she was one of those goddesses that was difficult to release. Um, she wouldn't, uh, the way it's phrased here, Fortuna did not disappear from the popular imagination. Uh, so even with Christianity being the main religion of the land, Fortuna was still very present. And St. Augustine mm-hmm. didn't like it. Um, he actually took a stand and uh, wrote in his book, The City of God. Um, well, here's the direct quote. How, therefore, is she good? Who, without discernment, comes to post the good and the bad? It profits one nothing to worship her. If she is truly fortune, let the bad worship her, this supposed deity. And I just love that because he's talking shit about the goddess Fortuna because she lets bad things happen. And, you know, for right. a man who's, who's quite pious Christian did not see the hypocrisy in that just makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as late as the 6th century... Uh, there were uh-huh. philosophers um, who were writing about the goddess Fortuna and how she was still a big part of the world and still being worshipped and connected to and called upon. Uh, and it wasn't until at some point in the 6th century, uh, a philosopher named Bothesius, which I just, that might be my new magical name, Bothesius. I can't even oh, tell you nice. how much I love 
he wrote a book called The Consolation of Philosophy. And basically in this book, he argued um, that fortune's wheel is inevitable. It is what it is, and it's random. Uh And so whether Uh you get the best or the worst of it, it it is just what it is. And it's actually part of God's hidden plan. So Fortuna Uh is not actually evil. She's a servant of God. Uh, And so it sort of gave... Right. It sort of gave it allowance for Fortuna to come back into popular culture and to not be thought of as, you know, this negative, this negative, angry goddess who just took things away. But more that she represented the will of God in her um, hidden plan and the, the wheel of fortune and how things are up and down. And we just can't understand the deeper meaning because it's God's hidden mm-hmm. plan. So I just mm-hmm. love that. I love that. Um and you'll find, you know, Shakespeare wrote about Fortuna there. She's still around. It's just now it's more connected to luck and less connected right. to a deeper level of worship. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things that have become part of her um, symbols are, you know, I've always loved the cornucopia, which is actually just a fancy thing of a horn. And you know, we go back to the horned god and, and yeah. the horns. You know, all that we can we can throw that in. You know, as a like a zinger, but not go there. Um, but it has always made me. You know, it's just one of those wonderful things. And one of the things that you see in like the Christmas Carol is yeah. that the Christmas present. Uh, the ghost of Christmas present has a cornucopia and he sort of, he waves it and people suddenly are nice to each other and good things mm-hmm. happen and stuff like that. So it is, it's utilized differently, not just as her uh, symbol, but it is part of that same, things are good. And, you know, we will, if we look at this, we will see it as good. We will move it as good. And, and um, yet in truth, I really like the the concept that she is just there and yes we yeah. can work with her to help bring good things but we also have to be you know aware that it is it is that 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 you know the like the ocean wave the up and down the back and forth mm-hmm. it isn't always mm-hmm. to be perfectly yeah. wonderful yeah so yeah. And so some that, of the that. the other imagery besides the cornucopia is like the sh- the the rudder, the ship's rudder. She's often seen with a yeah. ship's rudder. The the steering mm-hmm. of fate mm-hmm. is sort of what mm-hmm. that represents, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and the ball or the globe. Uh, mm-hmm. sometimes she's standing on it like this this balancer. It makes me think of the world card actually. Like she's this weird yeah. in the in the tarot deck. She's a weird combination of the wheel of fortune and the world card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and obviously, if you think about the world as the card that you know you brought up, it's the dance of life, and you know that that yeah. that back and forth process. As much as you have the wheel doing the the round and round and up and down kind of a process, so right um, that. It, you know, we use it now in those cards and work with it from that perspective, but these were things that were part of the the way of life of these people mm-hmm. that lived in this time frame of the ancients. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it uh, and it, it, you know, nothing here 
that I found is perfectly written in stone. So, right. you know, I mean, they talk about June 24th being Lady Luck. It says European, but it's, you know, Force Fortuna or Lady Luck, you know, and it was uh, she who rules, and it was a time to stimulate her luck coming into your life. Right. Um, you said you the know. June 24th, right? June 24th? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of different dates that are supposedly sacred, but the the June 24th is also um, the summer solstice, right? Right around summer solstice. Mm-hmm. So you have this mm-hmm. this height of the of the year. This and thinking again, you know, this is Italy, so it's going to be quite warm, uh, and it's in the Mediterranean. Oh, yeah. So really thinking about the the culture and what would have been happening at that time of the year and how. Uh, you know, the heat of the season and, and the, you know, we're in Northern California, so our climate is not quite the same, but there are uh-huh. some similarities to certain areas of Italy. But, you know, uh-huh. in, in June where we are, it there's already things blo- blossoming, that there's already things ready uh-huh. to eat, you know, there's our, and, right. and that would have been Italy in, in, especially in the really warm parts would have even been further ahead than we are. Uh, so there is this fortunate, fortuitous, delicious, ripe energy around the summer solstice for this part of the world. Right. And you said there were some other dates. What are the other dates? The other one I have um, is June 11th. But it all the only thing I could find was June 11th was sacred to her. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of details. No, no, no. So there, there's some other, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I think as in different aspects, um, yeah. they said October 12th was the, the holiday of the goddess of happy journeys, Roman. You know, again, mm-hmm. you know, Fortuna Redux is, you know, the, the one for favorable times and long journeys. So, you know, yeah. that kind of a thing. So I think it was probably with regards to each one of the different Fortunas, she had different dates, and you know, of course, some of them have uh, died out because you yeah. know she the, that particular practice is not going on. So we don't have a lot of real like, yeah, this is what it is. It's right. Very yeah. selective. Yeah, and you know, some of these some of the dates could be connected to some of the older Etruscan worships, um, or you know, something more modern. We can't really know, but these are the dates that. Have survived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It was interesting. One of the things that I found, and of course, this was, you know, back when I was I was getting the the information of the Trinity coming as you know the three and everything, and they're talking about the fates. All right, and the fates are the ones that do the you know is is like you know okay we're doing this. This is where you come from. This is where you are, and this is what you are ending at. And then they said but the other side is the furies are the ones mm-hmm. when you don't follow the yeah. the the destinies the energies is you know they come into play so i mean it's not as a polarity but it yeah. was a balancing of the other the other three of what they were doing and i thought you know i didn't necessarily want to go into all of the energy of that thing but i looked at that and i thought that's kind of interesting because you know when you think about people who when they don't get what they want what do they turn into Mm -hmm. angry people (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. You know. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yeah. we, we will. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very um it's very interesting how even if they don't look at what they were doing in a conscious way, there is this balancing that takes place. So Fortuna, though neutral, does have this other part mm-hmm. of, of the situation, the, the, you know, just like, as you say, justice, the scale, you know, the, right. the, the movement right. back and forth. So. And I think, you know, if, if you're listening and you, you're finding yourself very interested and curious or there's just something about this goddess that seems to be speaking to you or calling to you, then, I, you know, learn more. Get some books about Roman goddesses and read things online, taking it all with a grain of salt, of course, because don't uh-huh, believe everything uh-huh. you read. Uh, and and there you know there are some prayers to her that were written down um, from as early as I think 55 BC. So there's stuff out there. So I would find it and you know create a little altar to her. And if you don't have a Fortuna statue, and if fortune has not smiled on you yet in life to be able to uh, buy a Fortuna statue, then um, get some coin and a small cornucopia or make one and create a little altar where that can be and. Uh, you know, put scales on it or um, what are some of the, I just had another thing in my head and the word disappeared because my brain doesn't work anymore. Scales or a little blindfold or or some wheat um, or a ball, you know, some of these things that sort of are the symbols that you often see with her and, and open the conversation, give her some offerings. And I would give her coins if it was me uh, as yeah. offering. Yeah, well, and, and a lot of that is... Um... A wheel, you know, you yeah. can even, you know, gosh, we have all kinds of wonderful things out there as a wheel. It's it's being able to use the symbols, not get mm-hmm. emotionally attached to the, yes. the yeses and nos of it, but to create this dynamic of of the, the movement of it, even putting the Wheel of Fortune of a tarot card and yeah. uh, the world as part of the, the dynamics because she's... Um, she is there, and she mm-hmm. is part of the dynamic of what we experience, whether we want to call um, any of the, the names that we've talked about or the more modern versions of Lady Luck, you know, I mean, yeah. in terms of that. And focus on understanding her. Um, right. Quite honestly, I keep hearing, I'm sorry, this takes me into the theater aspect, um, Guys and Dolls and mm-hmm. the song... Lady Luck, you know, Luck right. be a lady tonight. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I keep hearing that, and it's like, and then sorry, I also keep seeing Marlon Brando singing it, which he really didn't in the movie, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but you know, that that uh, concept of wooing, wooing, yeah. Lady Luck. Yeah, and yeah. you know, the Italian gods they love wine, so you know, give her some offerings oh, yeah. of wine. And- um, it just open up to hear the messages and the the um, things that come through and the the energy and see how it feels to invite her in. Mm-hmm. And something about that the you know, I'm staring at my statue, which is looking at me on the table here, um, is that one of the things that we tend to forget about because when things of major disaster, negativity, hurt, or whatever. We we don't see the good in it. 
you know, and I'm sad because it's hard for us to see the good in it, um, and that's why you come to readers like us to yeah. have perspective sometimes. But um, when you look finally from a perspective, and sometimes it will take a little distance, you can see the good in it. I mean, obviously, the loss of a loved one, the loss of your home, the loss of a job, people don't think of these things as positive because they're immediate grief and disasters that have, you know, hit us. But um, I would not be where I'm at now if I didn't have the experiences I've had, the loss yeah. of a husband, the, you know, the shifting of, of jobs, the, the dynamics. And, and to me, I guess for my saying gratitude to the goddess Fortuna is for all the things that I have experienced and where it has allowed me to see that in a positive way in the sense of it's given me depth. It's given me a lot of things. And I think both of us have experienced a lot of, you know, ups and downs in our lives. And I think that's part of what she is about. Yeah. Nice. But we want to rant. I figure we have a few minutes to rant. Um, (laughs) And you did bring up something which I thought, you know, we really need to bring this up. It isn't a political arena. We aren't looking at, you know, that kind of a thing. But you did point out, because, of course, we're looking at a goddess who's got a history in a a, uh, country and a locale or area and stories. And yeah. you were mentioning about that not being the case with the United mm. States of America mm-hmm. because of the lack. So I'm going to let you kind of pull that out and talk about it a minute. Yeah, well, you know, this is a it's a concept that I don't um, I don't really have good words for. I'm still thinking about the the best way to phrase that without sounding like a total dick. And I know, you know, the whole like, oh, me and my poor white tears is a thing, you know, and so I definitely don't want any of that energy here. But I've been thinking a lot about the the situation that we're in as Americans right now and the disconnect and the division that is happening between communities and cultures. And, you know, this is the whole dream of being in this country was that it was a melting pot and that we would all come together. And I think that's beautiful. And I think it's also not beautiful. <laughs> I think the the some of the hard part about it is that, you know, I am a my I have grandparents who are not from this country, but my parents are Americans and I'm I'm an American and I have no connection to the land. Now, that's not really true. You know, I I am very connected to the landscape of Sonoma County. I'm a pagan. I'm a dirt worshiper. I know how the tree looks at different times of the year in my backyard and when the turkeys come to roost. And because because I spend time doing that, because that's my religion. But for the most part, our culture doesn't do that. And we're very disconnected. And and we're not, uh, then the stories of the land are from a culture that are, is not ours. And we've stolen enough from those cultures. You know, the Native American communities are connected to the land of this continent. Um, and they, at one point in time, would have been willing to teach us that, that language. But we fucked that up hundreds of years ago. And I think it might uh-huh. be too late to try and get that relationship with them helping 
Um, and, you know, and there's a whole cultural appropriation thing and blah, blah, blah. And there's just there's so many thoughts I have swirling around this. It's really hard for me to put it into clear and coherent language. But the bottom line is, I think that part of our problem, part of why things are so screwed up right now is because we are completely disconnected. Um, the, you know, my, my partner is British and they talk about the land. They, they talk about belonging to the land. When he goes home to visit his family, he's going home to the land. Um, in the UK, when they're building a strip mall, if they find a fragment of a pot that is a millimeter big, the whole thing comes to a stop and they dig to make sure that they're not missing some sort of archaeological evidence. When that happens here in the United States, when we find evidence of a native culture or community when we're building a strip mall we hide it and bulldoze it over and build our strip mall anyway we have no respect for the land as a as an overarching community and i think that that's you know part of this idea around this goddess of fortune this this ebb and flow and this up and down and right now it feels like for my my people the american people we're in a really low spot uh-huh. We're in a really low spot, and I think the only way that we can get through that is to reconnect to our landscapes, to reconnect to the land, to listen to the stories the land has to tell us, to honor that land, because without it, we are all going to die. <laughs> Yay, happy way to end, True. you know, but it's, happy just, way. it's well, really way, you know, But then... That is part of this time frame. I mean, we're still in the darkest time of the year. I mean, the time of deepest introspection, and we do have the dark of the moon. And it was very fascinating because there was some Facebook post somewhere, um, and obviously I have it bookmarked, but I don't have my phone with me, um, about the dark. this dark moon being in Sagittarius, but it is the actual... Um, astrological constellation or astronomy astronomy constellation of Sagittarius is lining up with the center of the galaxy and literally there is a corridor or a uh, a portal of darkness now that darkness brings forth and it's very powerful both good and surprising good things and awesome situations in energy coming but it also brings the dark and the other side. So when I was reading this, I, it was very funny because I was like, it's an astronomy experience that is actually mirroring the goddess Fortuna in her truest sense. And it's what yeah. we are, what we do, what we can help to do, how we can participate and be be with it and, and not bury our heads in the 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 proverbial sand i mean um it is very important and and you brought up something about that disconnect it's fascinating to to i can see it but then i can see the fact that even in what we've had as a tragedy here with how many people i just heard that people in coffee park which is a huge community that has been leveled and is is very um it definitely is very sad but the people have gone back and put christmas trees up their little christmas trees and lit them and light them mm-hmm. at night and mm-hmm. you go in there and you find all of these places that have that um the bringing of light 
back into the the disconnected areas that have been wiped clean. And yeah. we're talking a physical thing, when, you know, and you're talking uh, a spiritual and yeah. uh, area as well. But it's really the how much can we find to be angry about, and you know, how can we change something in a manner that we can stay in dignity of because that's really what I'm concerned about is, is, you know, seeking to the lowest denominator mm-hmm. versus, you know, and fear of, you know, all the different things. So, well, if they start here, they're going to start taking these liberties, they're going to start taking these things right. away and these safeguards away and, you know, and yes, yeah, but, Somewhere along the line, the training wheels go off, and the you know when we start riding our bicycle differently, and I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'm I'm kind of angling for. But and that's the goddess you know Fortuna for me is is like okay, this is scary. You know things yeah. like you know we'll bring in one thing net neutrality, um, right? Different right. things that we've been seeing, and yet one of the things that I was fascinated about is a local company called Sonic.net. I'm one of their provide. you know, I'm one of the subscribers. And one of the things they did is they sent an email out to all of their people. And my stepdaughter actually works for them. Um, Is they're not going to, the services that they have that have been free will continue to be free under their service. They made a point of saying that. And I was like going, that's a local company that is expanding greatly into San Francisco and Marin and yeah. things like that, but it's yeah. keeping that integrity. Right. Yeah. So pieces, that's all we can do is get pieces. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was ranting earlier today about some ridiculous thing that our president said. And, um, you know, my, the, the comment I made was, decisions about government should be made looking seven generations into the future. It should not be made on how much money this is going to make me right now, because that's what's destroying our environment. Um, But, you know, I'm not in charge and no one's calling me asking for advice. (laughs) Well, so I just rant to the cat and she looks at me like I'm a nut and that's how it is. I talk to my dogs that way. They they kind of look at me like, and are you going to give me my treat now? Yeah, exactly. You know. Could you uh, take a break in your frant and give us some food? Yeah. Yeah. Pet us, give us food, <laughs> do something positive. And if you think about it, yeah. But yeah. I yeah. I can be just as frightened, just like when I heard about the winds and the fire, you know, the wind mm-hmm. alert and all that. My whole entire being went into, <gasps> you know. Right. That kind of mode, and do I have things ready in case I have to leave again, and, you know, meaning all of that, and then I just went, okay, and I stopped, and it was lucky, I was, uh, we were going to the gym for a half hour of just doing some cardio on machines, because I was like, I really need to do this, so I went in, and I basically put some headsets on, but what I started to do was seeing calm. Release mm-hmm. my fear and being calm and moving an energy over this area, over my immediate place, over the bigger place, another yeah. one over and a globing it and, and calm energy and moisture and all the things that are the opposite of what they were, you know, envisioning and saying this is what's coming in. And that made a whole, I, I felt yeah. I added something. 
And then I walked yeah. outside and I went, oh, it is moist out here. Yeah. Not that it's going to yeah. rain, but it's moist. No, so, no. Um, and you know what, it, with the solstice and the new moon and the, what you mentioned about the the astronomy and the astrology of what's happening right now, it's also, you know, the darkness is, there's good things in the darkness. That's where, you know, the deep, dark soil is where beautiful things grow and that's where babies are find life. And so, you know, it's also remembering that it's always darkest before the dawn. It's always that and, you know, I get, it's hard for, and I, again, we're in Northern California, but it's hard for me here at this time of the year when at four o'clock it, the sun is starting to set. I, I it's, it's hard for me and it feels so dark and I keep thinking, okay, the solstice is next week. Then we start to get some daylight back. I can make it, you know, but it is, it's hard. And so it's taking that moment of, of remembering all of the deliciousness that comes from the darkness and honoring that as a, a powerful place to re recoup and reassess and, and mercury retrograde is good for that too you know it's kind of a great moment to just look at where we're going and why we're going there all right yeah. well so we have yeah. we have covered much and we have spoken yeah. our our feelings which is good i mean we're not just little robots that talk about different things and you know throw yeah. that out but um our time is has come for us to move on. So next week will be um, winter solstice. Yes, we'll be replaying our episode from last year on winter solstice. It was so freaking good. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a show on intentions as our last show Mm -hmm. of 2017. Yes. Wow. Pretty exciting. That seems to strange and interesting that you know we're at that closing of a solar calendar year i mean yeah there's so many different versions of years and calendars and things that we could you know bounce across but um we have learned to live in the real the the, this world with that calendar Mm so um but i am glad that we have gotten this far in our work together as co-hostesses mm-hmm. of this wonderful yeah. show and I, I want to say thank you for um, for being there and being excitingly diligent and, and uh, ranting when you need to yeah. and, and <laughs> yay <laughs> and putting it out there and uh, thank the audience, the people that listen yeah. the people that listen to our podcasts and, and the Lucky Mojo Network, radio network for keeping us on. Strange and wonderful we are. Absolutely. Yes. So with great gratitude, I say thank you to everyone. Yes. And uh, bid everyone a good night. All right. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. 
Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.